Amen. Amen. I know it's the end of the year, so don't take everything too seriously. I'm just warning you. You know, when Pastor Sam came up, he said that um, the only thing that has been consistent and constant has been the word of God. Our politicians haven't, isn't it? Our leaders. And then I just thought, some of you were doubting what he said. So I just wanted to share a scripture with you so that you know that what he said is true. Tell somebody, pray for your pastor. Psalm 58, I'm reading it from the Message Bible. I'm just going to read. Actually, one of the verses we'll be using during the scripture, but uh, during the message, but I mean, I just thought I'll give it to you so that you know that Pastor Sam is a prophet. And um, yeah, Psalm 58, I'm reading from the Message Bible. The first verse is that, is there any way, is, is this any way to run a country? Is there an honest politician in the house? Behind the scenes, you brew cauldrons of evil. Behind closed doors, you make deals with demons. So you can ask your neighbor, is there any honest politician in the house? I don't know. 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 All I know is that it's only the word of God that stands sure. It's only the word of God that is true. Amen. And uh, I want us to honor the presence of Sassy's mom and dad. You are welcome, minder. So they welcome. We are happy to have you on this day. Amen. 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 We are finishing the year. Amen. And I and you know, I'm really sorry about um, a few things. But uh, I feel that the whole year we have learned a lot. In fact, I feel that this year we have been taught too much. Because most of us don't remember most of the things we've been taught. We liked them when they were being taught. We enjoyed them when they were being taught. But I don't know how much of it we have used in 2018. Most of us have been around since January. And... um, We have learned all aspects of commitment, isn't it? We have been taught and had an in-depth look at all the different kinds of commitment and the different levels of commitment and all the people we should be committed to and all the things we should not be committed to. And um, we have studied so much on faith. Amen. And... um, The last few weeks, I decided that one of our challenges that we must confront is shallowness. Amen. And I pray that 2019 is going to see us go deeper. Amen. It's going to see us go deeper. Because when we are talking about fighting shallowness, there is no area of your life that is not affected by it. Amen. There are many marriages that would have survived, but for the lack of depth. Yeah. And there are many marriages that should not have come on, but for the lack of depth. The absence of death caused people to enter into relationships they ought not to have. You know, as I was driving, coming, and I was... My mind was not even on the mess or anything. But God just brought a very vivid expression or uh, uh, 
what do you call it? Projection to me and said that a couple of things that happened to us in real life should prompt us that what we see on the surface is not necessarily what it is inside. And you know the two examples that God brought to my mind. How many of us have had a deep cut before? You realize that, listen, when you have a cut and it starts bleeding, you're okay. It's not deep. When you have a cut and it's just white skin and you don't see blood, it's a deep cut. When you have a fall and you feel the pain, it's hurting. Normally, when you even go to the hospital, they'll say, it's a sprain. When you have a fall and say, oh, I'm okay. After a while, you realize that something is actually shifted or broken. I don't know how many of us remember, was it last year that actually had, was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. She had a fall at home. The next day, she was in church, she was in church, she was in church, she was in church, she was in in the choir, she died there. Then about... Ten days or something later, she called. Where are you? She's in the hospital. Said the leg is not at the right place. But the pain was not there. And that is how, if we live a shallow life, that is how our life will be. When we see blood, we scream. But it's not okay. There's nothing wrong. When we don't see blood, instead of checking, we think we are okay. But we are not okay. Because the pain... It's so strong, you think your life is coming to an end. Actually, the thing that is killing you, you don't know. I always tell people that when people are diagnosed with cancer, that was not the day the cancer appeared. That was the day they knew. Yeah. Yeah. As far as we are concerned in this season, cancer is like one of the most deadly illnesses. But yet, it's one of the most subtle. In fact, a lot of the time, they discover the presence of cancer when they are looking for something else. What am I saying? That we are not going to go into 2019 looking at things from the surface, looking at people from the surface, taking decisions from the surface, making uh, uh, life-threatening decisions <laughs> from the surface. Yeah. Because some of some decisions, they are life-threatening. That decision you have taken to marry Joe Bloggs, it's a life-threatening decision. It will kill you. Just as that decision you have taken that this person you don't like, it's a life-threatening misfortune. Because. But you realize that unless we begin to look at things in a more three-dimensional way, we begin to look at things that everything is not black or white. There's a whole lot of shades in between. We begin to appreciate that the fact that I feel pain, that doesn't mean that I'm going to die. The fact that I don't feel any pain. You see, a lot of Christians don't pray when everything is good around them. Yeah. When there's peace in their marriage, they don't pray. When they have a very good job, they don't pray, they don't come to church, and they don't care. Yeah. But you don't realize that actually, when it appears that everything is good around you, it's also a trap. 
It's also a trap. It's also a trap. But unless you have a certain level of death, you always be led by what you see. Some of us, apart from our eyes, most of our other, apart from our eyes and our tongue, most of our other senses don't function. <laughs> I don't know how many of you watch that food program. All those ones they do on BBC too. You see that when they taste the food, they'll give it superfluous descriptions. The texture. The texture. No, no, no. Beyond the tongue, is there poison in the food? <laughs> but I pray that in the coming year. I'm excited about tomorrow night because tomorrow night is the night. Amen. I, I love to be in the presence of God on 31st night, not because I'm come to make any, uh, what do you call it, New Year resolutions. Stop all those things. You see, those are superficial, you know, actions. Yeah, because you know that as you have made resolution for 2019, written it in your journal and all that, it, it doesn't matter. If you are not disciplined enough to follow it, nothing will become of it. So you should be more interested in becoming more disciplined than interested in where... Some people buy new journals, new manuals. 2019 journal. You may not have a journal, but if you are disciplined enough, you will achieve a whole lot in 2019. You know, as Pastor Sam said that we are praying and fasting in January... Some of us immediately took a decision that we will not be doing it. And some of us also took a decision that this year is my year. I'm going to fast. She shouldn't make such hasty decision. You know yourself. You probably can do two days. Till something changes, till a certain attitude comes in, till a certain practice comes in. I'm praying that this year, when we have Shiloh, we won't come to Shiloh as another thing we do at the beginning of every year. But you will come to it as a place that we meet God. Amen. This year, Shiloh, on the 27th of December, 27th of January, 2019. You know that we are going to be saying 2018 for a long time in 2019. We're going to still write checks with 2018. I want to encourage us that we should make sure that we prepare ourselves, we prepare our hearts. Whatever seed we are bringing into Shiloh must be one that is going to ensure that the 2019 expectation and what God has purposed for you will never elude you. Amen. And that is why, you know, God had wanted me to do something today. We'll see how our minutes go. I'm just going to share something for a few minutes. But... I thought of it that we have spoken so much about going deeper in the word of God. Going deeper in our commitment. Going deeper in our knowledge and our understanding. You know, I, I, I get so amazed that how can we be in 2018 and people know less scripture than when the Bible was not online. How can people know less scripture when now the Bible is literally on every gadget, everything. You have spoken Bible, sang Bible. If you want a 
Caribbean voice, black man voice, white man voice. Well, however you want the Bible to be read to you, it will be read to you. Whatever language you want. How come knowledge of the Bible is less? Now, now people get a bit irritated and angry if you try and let them quote a scripture. People get nervous. Verily, verily, I say unto you, what book in the Bible is it in? (laughs) It It is telling us that we are getting shallower and shallower. One of the things I said about shallowness is that you know a little, but that's what makes you shallow. But it's changing. It's changing. It's changing because this morning I want to address something that will draw us back into a place where we can stand well, work well, do well, stay well, keep well, fight well, win well. Otherwise, we keep hearing great messages. We keep going to church. We keep calling ourselves Christians. And yet... We are circling around the same place. Our scripture, Matthew 11, I'm reading from verse 7. The Bible says, when just John's disciples left to report, Jesus started talking to the crowd about John. What did you expect when you went out to see him in the world? A weekend camper? Hardly. What then? A shake in silk pajamas? Not in the wilderness, not by a long shot. What then? A prophet? That's right. A prophet. Probably the best prophet you'll ever hear. He is the prophet that Malachi announced when he wrote, I am sending my prophet ahead of you to make the road smooth for you. Let me tell you what's going on here. No one in history surpasses John the baptizer. But the kingdom, but in the kingdom, he prepared you for the lowliest persons ahead of him. For a long time now, people have tried to force themselves into God's kingdom. But if you read the books of the prophets and God's law closely, you will see them all culminate in John, teaming up with him in preparing the way for the Messiah of the kingdom. Looked at in this way, John is the Elijah you've all been expecting to arrive and introduce the Messiah. Are you listening to me? Are you really listening to me? Amen. We want it to be said of us that we are not shakes in silk pajamas. We are not weekend campers. We are not weekend campers. We are not temporary people. We are not people who are easily moved, easily shifted. We are not people who don't rise and fight. We are not people who don't understand what we are doing. We, don't, we are not people who don't understand who we are. We are not people who don't understand the faith we have. We are not people who don't practice the faith we have. You know, one of the areas that you can easily know how shallow you are is in your relationship. When you analyze the things you fight with your wife or husband about, when you analyze the things you fight and quarrel with your friends about, when you analyze the things that irritate you, it will tell you, give you a fair idea 
of how shallow you are. Sometimes when Reverend says some of these things, we laugh about it. You know, how can people di uh, divorce over toothpaste? How can people divorce over... You will be absolutely surprised. Pastor, I can't stay with him anymore. I have tried and tried to change him. He's not changing. Every time he's chewing his food, the noise is so loud, so embarrassing. Everybody just keeps looking at us. I'm even embarrassed to take him anywhere. I've tried and tried and tried. He's not changing. It's not changing. It's not changing. Noise of food is frustrating you. Tells you what your problems are. Think about it. The things that frustrate us. I've been calling you and calling you. You haven't been picking up your phone. So? I feel like I'm coming into somebody's living room. I, I'm coming, I'm coming right there. I'm coming right there. Yeah. When you have been calling and calling and the person is not picking up, shouldn't you be rather... It's like, when the person picks up, are you okay? Rather than, I won't call you again. If you won't pick your phone up, don't call again. I said, if we analyze the things that we quarrel about and the things that upset us, I saw two friends who had quarreled because they were going somewhere and I think they had planned that we all wear jeans and I think one friend decided I don't wear jeans and then when they arrived at the place one was in jeans and the other one was in their dress and the other one said that I thought we were wearing jeans and the person said I didn't feel like it at the last minute so why didn't you tell me that you're not wearing the jeans again and now I'm standing here and I'm in my jeans and you're not in your jeans I said the things we quarrel over the things we quarrel over. Yeah, you, you go into a home and you see a frown on the husband's face. Squeeze his face. Only to go and find out that he told the wife that she should use hard chicken for the soup. And she went to use soft chicken for the soup. And she has the audacity to come and put the soup in front of him. So he's swelling up like a balloon. You will be surprised at things that make us upset that we fight and spoil relationships. It is like a shake in pajamas. But you see, all these things have a source. And funny enough, that source, we have always treated it as something else rather than what it actually is because of the myth that surrounds it. So I thought that to help us go into 2019 well, maybe we should destroy that myth and expose that thing and then fight that thing and then build ourselves better. Amen. Otherwise, we'll hear the word of God. Hear this, be counseled, this, receive wisdom, this, have a revelation and still not keep good relationships and still not go deeper in our faith. Mark 16 I read from the New King James. And um, I don't know, I know it's not a 30th December last Sunday celebration message. But tell your neighbor, prepare yourself for 2019. Tell your neighbor, this is to help you prepare well. Mark 16, I'm going to read from verse 14. The Bible says, 
Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Can you imagine that the eleven who were sitting by Jesus had unbelief and hardness of heart? How much more we 2,000 years later? Hmm. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So those people with hardness of heart and believe, God still use them. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Amen. What did he say? And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. I just thought that for a few minutes, we should go a little deeper in what demons are and what, how we should treat them and where they are. Because I believe that when we say that oh, somebody needs deliverance, somebody has a demonic attack, or whatever. We are so uh, myopic in the outlook of it because as soon as we think of deliverance or we think of demonic attack, we are just thinking of somebody uh, convulsing or somebody somersaulting or somebody looking like a snake, isn't it? Yeah, somebody, you know, we're thinking of witches, and wizards, we are thinking of, you know, a dark room with red horns appearing. Yeah, we, you know, we are thinking of uh, whatever, bl uh, blood being used for some ritual. We are thinking of, you know, when we say uh, there are demons in my father's house, demon, then we are targeting uh, people above the age of 17 and 18. You, you know, and that is why they safely, peacefully dwell with us and prevent us from going far because there is such a myth around it and the charismatic church has made it even worse by making it so spooky. Yeah, if we have to have a deliverance session, some people have to be let out if their faith is not strong enough and then we have to bring something into the inner circle. And the reason why I say that there's a myth about it is that because a myth is not necessarily something that is wrong, but a myth is an exaggerated or idealized conception. So yes, do people get possessed? Yes. Do people need to get physical deliverance and things taken? Yes. But it is an exaggerated one, yeah. a myth is also a widely held belief, which is sometimes false. A widely, you know, how many of you have been told that when there's a ladder, don't go and walk under it? 
How many of you have been told that when the mirror breaks, something, something, something? But how many of you have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. All kinds of weird things, isn't it? Yeah. And if you believe it, it will happen to you. If you believe that if you walk under the ladder, only bad things will happen to you. Only bad things will happen to you. A myth is a misrepresentation of the truth. Now, scripture gives us a very good and fair idea of what we regard as demons. You see, I'm talking about this because I feel that some of us have been Christians for so long. We've heard the word of God. We've, we ourselves, we have shared the word of God, preached the word of God. But we realize that some things are just not changing. Some things are just not shifting. You know, and, and, and we will describe them, we'll give them different definitions. Revelation 16, the Bible says in verse 13 and 14. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon. Out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophets. Have you seen the sources of the spirits? For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of the of God Almighty. In this scripture alone, we see a number of things of what the a demon is. And I want us to learn a little bit about this so that in 2019, when we have to deal with certain things, we don't go spooky on ourselves, but we go biblical on ourselves. So the first thing he talks about is one, what is it? It's an unclean spirit. Any filthy spirit. It is what an evil spirit. Demons are what? Agents of the devil. It is a bad spirit that possesses a person. It is a bad spirit that uses a person. It is also an act of torment. It is also an act of torment. It is also a person who behaves badly and irrationally. So rather than struggling with certain things, it means that even if you change your bad behavior, you drive away demons. Husbands and wives, please don't use this one when you get home. It is a cruel, evil, or unmanageable person. Some people are just evil. Some people are just evil. They are just evil. It is a powerful and often destructive obsession or compulsion. It is a power and often destructive obsession or compulsion. He loves me so much. You know, he doesn't even allow me to breathe. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. 
He picks everything I wear for me. From my underwear to everything, he picks it up. No, 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 no. No. Right now, he says that apart from red, I can't wear any other color. It is a powerful, often destructive obsession and compulsion. And compulsion. You know, when you see yourself doing something the same way all the time and becoming fearful that if you don't do that thing the same way at the same time, every time something bad will happen, it's a demon. It is something very insidious, something very distracting. It is something or somebody exploiting and doing harm. When people are exploiting you and when you are exploiting people, it's a demonic manifestation. When you are exploiting people, when people are exploiting you. We say we don't want to be shallow anymore, isn't it? Yeah. So when you see yourself manipulating people, to achieve an end, it is a demonic manifestation. Wives say amen. Wives say amen. Some of the crime must stop. Some of the crime must stop. Some of the crime must stop. A certain level of the crying is a level of manipulation. Preach, Pastor, preach, preach. Pastor Glad, preach. I'm preaching. I'm trying to break something for us to understand and come to the reality and stop looking for spooky flying items. Nothing's flying. No mosquitoes fly. No ants fly. We are all just interacting with demonic activities in our day-to-day work. Because you cry and cry and cry and then the wrong thing you have done is not corrected. Because the tears override the issue. It's manipulation. Husband say amen. Husband say amen. Husband say amen. Husband say amen. You see, because when we don't realize that a certain activity is manipulation or is destructive or it becomes like compulsion or it's become, it makes you obsessive, you won't change it. When, when, when you are in a relationship that is very fearful, it's demonic. When you are in a relationship that is very controlling, it's demonic. Yeah, I'm protecting my wife. That is why I don't want her to talk to any of her friends. I'm protecting my wife. That is why I've told her that she shouldn't have any social media account. If she wants somebody to, if she wants to social anybody, she should social me. I, I tell you all this all the time. As soon as, as a husband, you have to stand up in the house and say, I'm the head of this house, then you are not. If you have to make that declaration, then you are not. 
Because it's not something you, you declare. It's something you earn. It's something that is given. See, when I see a wife who is like, he have to rush home, otherwise my husband will be in trouble. You're already in trouble. Anything that goes to a certain extreme. Reckless mischief. A source of agent of distress. A source of agent of harm. A source of agent of destruction and ruin. Those of us who engage in a lot of friendships have friends, and this is my BAE, and this is my closest friend, and all that. Check those people. When they come out around you, do they ease stress or do they generate stress? Do they come to bring more stress or they come to ease your stress? You know, it's funny, but a lot of the time we actually engage more in the people who take us deeper into a bad place. Hey, no, no, no. You mean that's how the problem? Hey, hey, what problem is this? This one is complicated. I'm going to stand with you through it. Hey, you know this one can destroy everything. This one has the ability to cause your business to collapse. It has the ability... Hey, if I th- thinking about it, I can't think of anybody who went through this and survived. This one, we have to double our prayer because our problem is double. Hey, hey, oh, oh. I'm going to call you. Eh? Ooh, 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 ooh. It is well. What did my friend do? But you will describe as the person who really cares. But the one who will come to you and rebuke that thing you are and say that, listen, come out of that moodiness. Rise up from that. Then you will call that person uncaring. But the one who has been sent as an agent to ensure that you stay miserable, that you stay down, that you stay depressed, rather you embrace it. The demons, they are not floating in the air. They always occupy a being or they use a being. Yeah. Some of us, we are not demon-possessed, but we are demon-used. We, we can easily be used. We can easily be used. We can, yes. You see, and sometimes some of these things too, it is subject to the kind of temperament you have. Kind of, some, for those of us who are melancholic, we are ready agents. We are ready agents. Because when you are, a melancholic is somebody who is um, easily affected by their emotions and they are thinking. Do you understand? So those of us who are able to interpret things far. <laughs> and those of us that when something hurts us, it stays with us for a long time. We are a different breed. 
but we are ready users. For me, the reason why I know the Holy Spirit exists is the fact that today I don't worry about much. I had a special anointing for worrying. Not just worrying because it's my problem. Worrying because a problem exists. Even if I don't know the person, but the person has a problem. I can join forces. Yeah, I'm sure I've told you this story before. I had a pastor friend. She was really close to me. You know, we were working together. And one day went for a meeting and she was put on the board. And everybody chopped her up into pieces. In fact, I thought they were going to sack her. I was so heartbroken. I was looking at all these pastors and things who were pointing fingers at her. You know, me, I'm a ride or die person. If I'm your friend, I'm your friend. Hey, that. So I, was, I was so frustrated. So when they gave lunch break, you know, people had gone, they were eating their rice and chicken and things. I was on the mission, war, fight. So I was going to look for my, for my friend to make sure that she's okay because this kind of beating. When I got there, she was eating rice and chicken. Hey, I said, sister, we have issue on our hands. She told me that, ah, but we always have issue on our hands. <laughs> I was worrying and ready to fight. She had come out of the room and left the problems in the room. And she was chewing her chicken and eating her rice. And she rather came to calm me down that, oh, calm down. This too shall pass. <laughs> But then if you are not conscious of that thing that is in you, you will always frustrate people. You will always frustrate people. Yeah. It is not a good thing when there's an issue and you keep lighting fire on the issue. Yeah. Maybe the husband, their home has gone through a crisis. Do you understand? Maybe something has happened or some death has come. You don't keep going to your husband. So what are we going to do? So how are we going to, what are we going to, hey, this, how will we solve this problem? But this you're fretting will also not talk. You're not even giving space for thinking. It is demonic manifestation. You see, sometimes when you see yourself that you're waking up in the night, thinking about the issue, that in the night, the council is closed, the shop is closed, the bank is closed. Then you have waking up and then you are fretting. No, you are just dining with demons. Because nothing will change till 9 a.m., when the office, everything has opened and maybe you can go somewhere and ask something. I am just trying to help you that as a Christian, there's a certain level of anxiety you must refuse. There's a certain level of worry you should never get to. I'm not saying don't worry. There are people who are lazy and don't care. All the sanguinic people you see their life. So don't. don't. We are talking about excessiveness. Everything in excess can easily become demonic. Anything that becomes excess can easily become demonic. That is why sometimes you see people, then they say they are praying, they are praying, they are praying. Then at a point you see that every time they are praying, they are praying, they are praying. Then every time you see that they are walking around the street, they are praying, they are praying, they are praying. They have crossed the barrier. There are four things I want us, four elements I want us to know that demons possess. And that is why it is very easy for them to work with us. 
My prayer and my, 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 my cry for us is that in 2019, as we are being fruitful, as we are trying to achieve, as we should identify some of these things, both in us and in others. Because also we always think that all the demons are somewhere. Hey, I don't want my child to play with this child. That, that house, they have demons. What about your house? Four elements. Mark 1.24. The man who was possessed and the demons that were in him. Mark 1 verse 24. The Bible says, let us alone. So the demons were talking. He said, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy One of God. The first thing is that demons have knowledge. Demons have knowledge. We have always thought of them as some just, you know, no. Very evil. They, they, they. No, they don't operate in foolishness. They operate in knowledge. They, could, they knew that this was Jesus. If I, when you read Acts chapter 19, verse 15, the Bible says, when, when the, 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 the sons of Sceva were also trying to perform signs and wonders, and the evil spirit answered, verse 15, Acts 19, 15, and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? It's amazing that demons have knowledge, and many Christians don't have knowledge. They are knowledgeable. They are knowledgeable. So why shouldn't we become knowledgeable? We should become even more knowledgeable. We should stop getting into tight corners and having to scream and shout and say, call pastor, call pastor. Pastor too is fighting his own demons. Call, 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 call. Don't call anybody. What do you know? And that is why some of us get into even more troubles. And some homes get into more troubles. You have homes where they invite, you remember the scripture we read in Revelation 16? They invite prophets into their home to come and pray over their home, to come and sprinkle, to come and drive away. You know, there's too much fighting in my marriage. Then prophet two will come, you know, and say, gather your, you know, gather all your people into the living room. All of you, switch the lights off. Come, 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 down. Because of your lack of knowledge, you have no idea who has come to stand in your room. And you have no idea what they're about to do. And then you kneel there and then they lay hands on you. And then they leave. And then the smoke that was in your house becomes fire. Yeah. It is true. And it is actually a disease of the charismatic Christian. Because their mind is that the more people who are praying for them, the more prophetic words they are receiving, the more, then the more protected they are. But you see, when you become a little bit deeper, you realize that actually the more exposed you are, the more exposed you are. You must stop letting 
Sister Joe, you must stop letting them come and visit. You must stop them. You must stop. You must stop. Then you ask the persons, what scripture? Give me verse. So that at least I'll know what I'm standing on to take this instruction from you. And, and some of us, we despise our pastors because they teach us. No, but this one, when they come, they'll tell you, let's take communion. Bring the oil. Focus, focus, focus. I see something. I see something. I see, I see something. I see something. I see something. I see something. I see, mm, I see something. Mm, the left side of your house. All of us to the right, to the right. And we get really excited. And we get excited. And then we realize that we get up the next morning and our problems are still the same. Our challenges are still the same. Our battles are still the same. Because of a lack of knowledge, my people perish. Lack of knowledge. Lack of understanding. The point you should realize that the demon is not any flying insect. It's just your mouth. Your mouth is destroying your marriage. Nothing else. If you shut up, your marriage will be okay. The second thing, Matthew 12, 44, the Bible says, then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes and finds it empty, swept and put in order, then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. Demons possess a will. They possess a will. I will. The thing they want to do, where they want to go, what they like, what they want to achieve. When the legion was being driven out in Luke chapter 8, Jesus asked them, said, what is your name? said, legion, because many demons have entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into a base. Now a head of many swines was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them and he permitted them then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine and the head ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned the will of demons is the place of destruction the will of demons is that you should end up in the graveyard when you read scripture you realize that every time demons were activated or were working they were not trying to get you to the mountaintop they were not trying to get you to your success. They were not trying to get you to victory. They were not trying to get you to a blessed place. They were trying to pull you into the graveyard, into the cemetery. What am I saying? When you see that everything you're doing, the direction your life is going, where everything you aim for, even the kind of people you want to relate. You see, when you're attracted to even people who are losers, it should tell you something. There are some people, they, when they see that this person is good, this person is achieving, they don't like. Yeah, and sometimes they say, oh, as for me, I just like bad boys. Or bad girls. 
What is your will? In the book of Psalms, it says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, you shall have what? The desires of your heart. What's the scripture saying? That when your will is aligned with that of God, you shall have the desires of your heart. What is your will aligned to? And you see, it is very easy for you to check it. Yeah, it is very, very, very easy for you to check it and realize that no, I say with my mouth that God bless me, God, I wanted this, I... But what do you do? What, where, what are you drawn towards? Not what you are saying. What are you drawn towards? The third day, James chapter 2, the Bible says, verse 19, you believe that there is a God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. They have emotions. They have emotions they have emotions and that is why every time we keep saying it from this pulpit don't take decisions based on your emotions do not take decisions based on your emotions even demons tremble even demons are moved when you are moved when you are emotional the probability that you are going to take the right decision is almost zero Never leave a marriage out of emotion. Never leave a church out of emotion. And definitely never leave a job out of emotion. Never end relationships out of emotion. You won't know what is at work in you. Just now I've cut out everybody from my life. When you read scripture, you realize that one of the ways you know that demons are taking a plan on you is that they are isolating you. They are isolating you. They are isolating you. Isolation is not because you become wiser. Isolation is not because now you want to be more careful. Isolation is because they want to corner you and destroy you. If they can just get you by yourself. So when you see yourself beginning, hey, now I'm careful. Hey, now I don't talk. Hey, now I watch where I go. Now I watch who I relate with. Now I watch, hey, now, hey, 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 Before you, you know when you're going back and you're not watching? And you're, and, and you're not watching where you're going? And then maybe people are saying, come, come. And say, no, 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 no. You enter the pit. When you see yourself cutting people who matter in your life away, you should know that demons are at work. That is when people get suicidal. That is when people get depressed. That is when people want to harm themselves. That is when people want to end their life. In fact, the more sad you are, the more challenges you have, the more you expose yourself. Listen, sometimes when you are really sad, that is when when you come to church, your dance must be different. You are not just dancing because it's praise and worship. You are dancing because it's time to. You are not going to allow any chains to tie you. But no. 
you they call you, you won't pick up your phone. They'll text you, you won't get you won't, you won't answer. And if you will notice, most of the time in those seasons, the person that you should least relate to is the person you will draw towards. Yeah. He asked for church people. Church people. Church people are so bad. Church people. What I have seen church people do. Hey. Oh, no, no. Look at Mr. Kill Me Quick. So nice and so gentle. See, but now we don't see you. No, no, it's okay. Now, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay with your fellow Christian, but you think that Mr. Kill Me Quick will keep you and save you. The last one is the fact that they speak. They speak. They have knowledge. They have a will. They have emotions. And they speak. And they speak. And they speak. Sometimes we say, oh, I hear voices in my head. Sometimes we hear, oh, you know, I heard something. But it's not those spooky ones. We are talking about the fact that somebody calls you and deposits something in you. They speak. They speak. They speak. They speak. They speak. You hear it. You hear it. You hear it. You hear it. And the thing about hearing and speaking and words is the fact that when they come out, they can't be taken in. You can never ring a bell and unring it. Collect all the clings back. They speak. They speak. That's why the Bible tells us that there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices and none of them is without significance. I pray that in 2019, we are going to be more selective about the voices we hear. We're going to be more selective about who speaks to us. We're going to be more specific about what we say. Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. May God give us discerning power. Hebrews 5.14, the Bible explains to us that we must exercise our spiritual might so that some of these things, we become more sensitive to it. Discerning of spirits is a gift. But every Christian can walk in it if we exercise it, to sense it, to know it, to know it. Even when it doesn't look like it on the surface, we know it beyond. We know it. We should be able to sense it and say, listen, this behavior I'm putting up, it's wrong. There are a number of things that always, when they are entertained for a long time, breed demons. The first one is resentment. When you resent people for a long time, you resent things for a long time, it turns demonic. Fear. Envy. You see, we are not talking about vomiting and whatever. Jealousy. Pride. Self-pity. Impatience. Hatred. Tension. Persistent, recurring, destructive emotions. Extreme fluctuations of moods. Extreme fluctuations of moods. Joel, do you have my thing there? 
extreme fluctuations of moods, extreme excitement, deep depression. Some of us in a year, we portray all these emojis. Laughing with all our 32 showing to the devil himself with horns. Extreme emotions. Extreme. 